Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, church. You may be seated. It's definitely exciting and wonderful for me to be behind this pulpit. The last time I was here behind this pulpit was at the end of January. Can you imagine that? Wow. Definitely a long, long time. Well, let's get into the Word. I would like you to turn to your Bibles, please, or your devices. Nowadays, not many people carry paper Bibles. To be honest, I still prefer the paper Bible than the device, though the device is much easier finding things. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through to 13, a very well-known verse of Scripture that we would look at closely today. Michael, last, the last two Sundays, if you recall, he spoke about the impartation of God's nature within us, allowing that godly nature within us to manifest and express itself in our spheres of influence. He spoke about the four main areas that we should primarily. There are, of course, much more than four areas, but primarily four areas that we should allow the life of Christ, the divine life of God, to be released, expressed, and manifest in four main areas. And he spoke about the area of our immediate family. Husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children. Then he also spoke about the area of our relationships, allowing Christ to live and manifest himself in our relationships. Thirdly, in the area of generosity. And fourthly, loving the unlovely. Christ loves the unlovely. And the nature of God within us loves the unlovely. No partiality, no respecter of persons. Regardless of who you are, where you come from, God loves you and loves everyone the same way. Amen? Now, today we're going to speak about the value of God's thoughts. You see, the nature of God, the life of God within us needs to be fed, nurtured, cultivated, developed, looked after. Just like we look after our bodies, we need to also look after our spirits for the Life of God, the nature of God, is within our spirits. Remember, we have been given eternal life. Eternal life is the life and the nature of God. Now, that life that is within you and me needs to be fed, nurtured, cultivated, developed daily. Not just on Sunday mornings when you come to church, but every single day. And one of the ways we develop and cultivate the nature of God is by discovering and embracing the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God. So what I want to speak to you about this morning is the value of God's thoughts. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What a wonderful promise from our Heavenly Father. You see, spiritual growth and spiritual development can only take place in our lives when we discover God's thoughts toward us, receive them by faith, and begin to walk in them by faith. There is no other way for us to develop spiritually or to grow spiritually than to embrace the thoughts of God, in other words, have a renewed mind, so that we may walk in the ways of God. Now, in His thoughts, the Bible says that we will find peace, peace which passes all understanding. God says, I know my thoughts that I think towards you. They thoughts of what? What's the first word? Thoughts of what? Come on. Thoughts of peace. You're looking for peace? You will find peace that passes all understanding within the thoughts of God. Once those thoughts are revealed to you, then you will have peace in your heart and in your mind that passes all understanding. What else do we find? We will find hope. If there is one thing that this world needs today is hope. Amen? Hope in the midst of hopeless situations. We will find hope in the thoughts of God, and most importantly, you will find love and acceptance. Well, you will find love and you will find acceptance. Are you looking for love? You will find it in God's thoughts. When you discover what God thinks about you, you will know that you are loved. You will know that you're accepted. Regardless of your past, your history, your nationality, your color, you will find love and acceptance in God's thoughts. I mean, that's powerful. Not only that, I believe we will discover a future. Because God says, my plans and my thoughts towards you is to give you a future and a hope. We're going to find a future that we didn't know existed. Hallelujah. One that is filled with purpose, one that is filled with destiny, and one that is filled with adventure. Are you looking for adventure? How many of you are looking for adventure? Only just some of you. Hallelujah. Are you here this morning, church? You know, I, I, I'm excited in preaching this, this word to you this morning. You will find adventure and you will experience a future that you never know existed, that is filled with purpose and destiny. Hallelujah. Do you know that there would not be one dull moment in our lives, not one lonely, not one defeated or depressed day in our lives, because the thoughts of God when you find them, when you embrace them, and when you walk in them, will transform your entire life. And the reason why so many believers are depressed today, so many are fearful, so many are defeated, the number one reason is because they are ignorant of God's thoughts towards them. No other reason. Why do we get depressed sometimes? Because we receive the wrong thoughts about us. We receive the thoughts of the devil rather than the thoughts of God. Hallelujah. Amen? Why do people feel lonely? Why do they feel rejected? It's because they receive the wrong thoughts. 
Amen? So when you begin to discover the thoughts of God towards you, you will never be lonely again. You will never feel rejected, and you will never be defeated. No matter what goes on around you, you will always be the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath because of the revelation of God's thoughts towards you. Hallelujah! Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 139. Beautiful psalm, verse 17 and 18. I encourage you to study it. Study it, meditate in it. Because it's a psalm about you. It's a psalm about what God thinks about you. Listen to what the psalmist said. How precious also are your thoughts to me. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God? How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Why? Because your thoughts are precious to me. You know, the psalmist understood the value of God's thoughts toward him. And that's something that we need to possess, to understand, to have a revelation of. The value of God's thoughts. They are precious. There is no way you can put a price on God's thoughts. They are far more precious than rubies and gold than any earthly thing you may think of. And the psalmist understood that. How precious, Lord. How wonderful. How beautiful are your thoughts to me. Wow. He said that there are so many of them that he would not be able to count them. Amen? You know, God has thoughts about every area of your life. Amen? He's so concerned about you. He has an opinion about everything, small or great. Praise the Lord. You know, imagine what the knowledge of those thoughts would do to you and for you. Just imagine for a moment, please. Wow. Imagine what they would do to your world and your sphere of influence. If you knew and possessed those thoughts, you would be transformed into an agent of change. Hallelujah. You will be the accurate representation of Christ on the face of the earth because you know the thoughts of God. You know how He thinks. Hallelujah. What a precious thought. You know, when God began to reveal His thoughts toward me many years ago, and continually does so, and what His intentions were for my life and for my future, it revolutionized my entire outlook on life. Absolutely revolutionized it. His thoughts began to lift me onto another dimension, another realm that I had not been before, that I had not experienced before. And I began to see things from that realm which God prepared for me. The same thing will happen to you. When you get hold of the thoughts of God, immediately you are lifted into another realm, a spiritual realm an unseen realm, and you begin to see things that your physical and natural senses cannot perceive nor understand. And that can only take place as you discover the thoughts of God that He has towards you. Are you listening to me? Wow. You know... His thoughts imparted to my spirit faith, which I did not have before. And I saw possibilities 
that were not possible for me before. I saw myself valuable. I saw myself loved beyond measure. I saw myself blessed in the thoughts of God, divinely protected and divinely empowered by the Spirit of God. That happened when I began to discover the thoughts of God. Not only that, I saw a future that I did not deserve, a future that I did not work for. Amen. And a future that I could live in with great expectations, filled with hope, filled with fulfillment and adventure. Praise God forevermore. And I believe this is my personal conviction, and it should be your personal conviction, so much so that you should hunger and thirst for the thoughts of God. I believe the thoughts of God should be the most precious and the most sought after in the pursuit of life. More than your career, more than your work, more than your relationships, more than your family, more than anything else, you should pursue diligently and you should seek after daily the thoughts of God. That's my conviction and it should be yours as well. Finding the thoughts of God is finding true life and finding true fulfillment. All of his thoughts, the Word of God says, and all of his ways are made available to us through Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? God does not hide his thoughts from you. He's made them available to every single person, whether you are a believer or not a believer, whether you are born again or not born again. He's made them available to every single human being on the face of the planet through Jesus Christ. They are available to us. And Jeremiah said that if we would seek Him with all of our hearts, we would find those thoughts. You see, they're not on the surface. They're not for those who are not thirsting for God. They're not for those who are lukewarm or indifferent towards the things of God. They're not for those who are satisfied with religion. Amen? They're not for those who are just satisfied with a Sunday morning service. Hello? If we would seek Him, Jeremiah says, with our whole heart, we will find Him. Here is the key to finding and discovering God's thoughts. We will need to seek Him with all of our hearts. You see, in the pursuit of fellowship, in the pursuit of intimacy with God, we are ushered into His presence. When you're in His presence, you know what He thinks. Amen? Light. The psalmist said, in your light, we will see light. And in His presence, of course, we are enlightened with His thoughts. We are strengthened. We are empowered. And we are anointed to change our world. Do you know that you and I cannot change one single thing unless we experience change in our thoughts. You cannot change your behavior unless you change your thoughts. You cannot change your actions unless you change your thoughts first. This is how important the thoughts of God are. The constant renewal of our minds, folks, through the thoughts of God is the key to bringing heaven here on earth. And Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth as it is in heaven. How do we do that? By obtaining God's thoughts. Amen? You see, the change we are seeking can only be found in the mind and the thoughts of God. Once His thoughts are revealed to us through the Spirit, we are well on our way to bring about lasting changes in our sphere of influence. God's thoughts are full of faith. You see, where people struggle with faith is because they're ignorant of how God thinks. 
One thought from God can impart to you supernatural faith to do the impossible. So if you're looking for faith, you're not going to find it anywhere else but in the thoughts of God and in the words of God. You see, they impart faith. They're full of faith. The thoughts of God know no limitations. There, are, there is no lack, no poverty, no defeat in the way God thinks. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no failure in God's thoughts. None of those things. There are no impossibilities in God's thoughts. All of them are creative and full of life. So when you embrace the thoughts of God, you know what you become? <laughs> creative. You become creative and full of the life of God. Notice what the Scripture says once again concerning God's thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through to 11. God is speaking through Isaiah, and He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, than, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. There are a number of things that we can, that we can take from here. First of all, the Lord, the Lord says that His thoughts and His ways are not our thoughts or our ways. In fact, He says they are far above as the heavens are from the earth. Can you measure the distance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven? No, of course not. They are so different. You see, our thoughts are self-seeking, self-pursuing. Our thoughts are full of pride and arrogance, and they are incompatible with God's thoughts. Amen? Man's ways are not God's ways. Man's thoughts are not God's thoughts. We should abandon our ways and our thoughts so that we may find God's ways and God's thoughts. And unless we're willing to do that and abandon our thoughts, we will not discover God's thoughts. If you're full of yourself, if you're full of your thoughts, if you're full of your ways, you will not ever discover and find out what God thinks. Hello? That's why the Lord says, Blessed are you, Father, for you have hidden these things from the wise and the proud of this world and hath revealed them to babes, to humble people. Amen? No matter how brilliant man's ways and man's thoughts are, the Word of God says they far below God's standards. Uh, amen? You know that and I know that. And this is the reason God says in Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way, and what else? And the unrighteous man, his what? His thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. What a powerful verse this is. What a powerful word this is. The only way we can return to the Lord, folks, is by forsaking our ways and forsaking our thoughts. In forsaking our thoughts, the Bible says, we will find forgiveness, we will find mercy, we will find pardon. And this is what the Bible calls repentance. Repentance means change the way you think. Forsake your thoughts. Forsake your way. And embrace God's thoughts. The Lord then compares His thoughts, listen to this, with rain and snow. What do they do? 
They come down from above, and what do they do? They water the earth, and causing it to bud and bring forth life and nourishment to all living creatures. That's what God's thoughts do. Amen? That's what they do for everyone who finds them. What do they do? They will water you. They will refresh your life. They will cause you to bear fruit worthy of repentance. We become productive, in other words, in the affairs of our Heavenly Father, in the affairs of the kingdom of God. And that's why David often prayed and longed for the purity of God's thoughts to fill his heart and to fill his mind, and often asked God to search his heart and to examine his thoughts. That's one of my favorite prayers as well. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, the psalmist said, Search me, O God. Turn your spotlight on me, Lord. Search me. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Know my thoughts. What kind of thoughts do I embrace? What kind of thoughts do I think? What kind of thoughts do I meditate on? Do I dwell on? Amen? Hello? Very important. If you want a pure heart, you have to maintain a pure mind. That's why the Word says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any praise, think on those things. Search me. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me. Where? In the way everlasting. So ask the Lord often. Pray. Lord, search my own heart. Help me discover my own thoughts and know them for what they are. Turn your spotlight on the way that I think. Help me to discern between your thoughts and my thoughts, between your thoughts and the devil's thoughts, between your thoughts and the world's thoughts. And if you find any wicked way in me, any wicked thoughts, help me, lead me in the way everlasting. You know, God will show you by His Spirit, and He will guide you in finding His thoughts and His ways, which He ordained for you. In fact, the psalmist, David, said that God wrote a book about you long before you were born, and that book is full of God's thoughts concerning you. Did you know there's a book that's written about you, about your life, about your future, about your destiny, about your purpose in life? Most believers don't know that. That's why they're confused. That's why they have no purpose. Amen? They get up in the morning, they go to work, they come back home, they go on holiday, they come back, they're more tired than when they started the holiday. They have no purpose because they have not discovered what that book says about them. Are you with me? Wow. That stirs my heart up. You know, <laughs> that book is none other than this Bible. See? You got your Bible with you today. Where's your Bible? Where's your, where's your Bible? Show me your Bible. I know some of you have your devices, as long as you have the Bible on it, because on that device there's too many other things, too many other things. There's distractive things. They distract you. There's Facebook. There's emails. There is all sorts of garbage on that device. Amen? The Bible. As you study this Bible under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Lord will reveal His thoughts towards you and will show you through His Word the path and the future that He has prepared for you. You know, you should write right in the front of your Bible. 
This is my Bible. God speaks to me through my Bible. When you read it, God is speaking to you. When you meditate in it, God is speaking to you. Amen? So write it. This is my Bible. Not anybody else's. And I bought it honestly. When I read it, God speaks to me through my Bible. You know, <laughs> you know, all I knew to do up until the age of 24 was to run a retail store, work in a cafe. That's all I knew. And even that, even at that, I failed. I had very little education and not many opportunities. You are looking at someone below zero. I was below zero. No advantages, no opportunities, no education. And my life up until the time that, that I accepted Christ was a complete failure with capital F. My marriage failed. Everything I touched failed. It was as though a curse followed me all the days from a young age, from the age of 13 to the age of 24. I don't want to remember those years. For everything that I touched failed and turned to dust. It was like a curse followed me, whatever I did, until I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, receiving Christ and being born again was a life-changing experience for me. It wasn't just a prayer that I prayed somewhere. My life changed from that evening drastically. From darkness, I stepped into light. But that was not the end, though, but the beginning of a new life in Christ. Now listen to this. This Bible, actually it's Siobhan's Bible. <laughs> I forgot to bring mine. <laughs> but I have it on my device. <laughs> Siobhan, I trust you bought it honestly. Jokes aside now, the Bible became the most loved, the most precious, and the most valuable book in my life. And that is the truth. Reading it under the guidance of the Spirit, meditating in it, that very book became alive in my hands. And that's what your Bible should become. Alive. Alive through the revelation of the Spirit, God began to speak to my heart, revealing His thoughts towards me and His plans concerning my future and my destiny. I got it from the Bible. An angel didn't visit me. No human being came to me and revealed to me what God's plan, what God's destiny and purpose was my life. God spoke to me through this book. I had no idea at the beginning of my walk with the Lord that I would end up traveling all over the world preaching the gospel. That was the furthest thing from my mind. I had no idea that a whole new world would open up for me. Totally a whole new future. A world I did not know existed or a future that was so bright and so beautiful and so wonderful. I didn't know until God began to reveal His thoughts to me. He would do the same thing for you. If you put your laziness away, and start pouring yourself into this Bible and let this Word consume you 
and let the Holy Spirit make this book alive in your own hands. Oftentimes, scriptures would leap out of the page and God would brand them in my spirit, in my heart, and I carry them all these years, these promises of God that contained the thoughts of God concerning me, my future, my family, my destiny. When I first got a glimpse of all that, as I read my Bible, my heart began to be filled with joy, but yet it frightened me at the same time. You know why? Because I felt that these thoughts were so far beyond me. so far above me, and it frightened me. I was reading my Bible one day, early on in my born-again experience. I think I was just about a few months old in the Lord, and I came across these verses of Scripture. I'm giving you examples. I'm telling you what this book will do for you. If you get off your backside and start studying it, not just skimming on the top of it, spending time in fellowship with the written Word of God under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I came across these verses. Luke chapter 1, verse 76 through to 79. And you, child, I'm reading now the story, or I'm reading the words that Zacharias spoke to his son, John, John the Baptist. And he's prophesying to his son. But the wonderful thing, you know, the Spirit of God will take words that are given to someone else in Scripture and apply them to your heart. You see, this is... And what I said to you, that was my Bible. It wasn't John the Baptist's Bible. It was my Bible. And God was speaking to me from my Bible. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I still remember it as though it was this morning. As I read these few verses in my Bible, the Holy Spirit spoke deep down in my heart and said, that's you, son. That's your life. That's your destiny. That's what I've ordained you to do. That is the divine call of God on your life. And I knew from that day onwards that sooner or later, this is where I would end up. It is who you are, he said. You see, you have a natural identity, but you also have a spiritual identity. Did you know that? Your natural identity is the place where you were born, the year you were born, the day you were born. That's why you celebrate your birthday but you have a spiritual identity as well. And the only way you can find out who you are is in this book. No one else knows who you are. Not even your father and your mother knows who you are. They know you in the natural, they know you in the flesh, but they don't know you in the spirit. And the only way you're going to get your new identity, your spiritual identity, is through this book. Hello? Are you listening to me? Most of you are ignorant of your spiritual identity and what you were destined to do because of a lack of knowledge. The Word of God says, my people perish. Not for anything else, 
Not because you're poor or you have no money. Not because you have no education. But because we have no knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're being defeated, depressed, oppressed because of a lack of the knowledge of God's thoughts toward you. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, this is what I destined you to do. This is what I called you to do. And it was as though the Spirit of God burned those words in my heart, never to forget them or allow them to depart from my mind. You see, I saw. I saw my future. And when you see your future, you start making plans. You start preparing. But if you not know, if you don't see, how are you going to prepare for something you have not seen? The Word of God says when the Spirit comes, He will show you, what? Things to come. He's not just talking about world events. He's talking about your life, things to come in your own life, things that God has prepared for you to do, to become involved with, to make a difference in the world that you live and in your generation. Yeah. The thoughts of God towards me were supernaturally revealed to me by the Spirit through the Word. And from that moment on, my future was determined and my path was made very, very clearly marked. Yeah? From a businessman to a preacher. It was a difficult transition but the thoughts of God enabled me to transition. And what a blessed transition that was. And there have been many other encounters with the thoughts of God. Many of them. There are too many to mention, but I'm just going to mention a few, which helped shape my way of life, which shaped my future and the future of my family. Let me give you one of the many. Years back was 1980, the year that the Zimbabwe or the Rhodesian government fell and Rhodesia became Zimbabwe and there was a transition of the government. And all of our friends that we knew from the Greek community, in fact all of the white people, were filled with panic and fear. You could cut the atmosphere that it was so charged with fear and uncertainty. Droves of people began to leave the country. They sold the houses next to nothing. They sold the businesses for nothing because of the fear that gripped them that something terrible was going to happen to us as whites. And you know what? It was the thoughts of God. I say to my wife, I'm not moved by fear. I'm only moved by what God thinks. So I began to seek Him and pray and call out to Him. It took me a few days in truly seeking God. Lord, what is your will for me, for my family? Is it time for us to leave? And God revealed His thoughts to me from Genesis chapter 26. He said, stay in this land and I will bless you. Do not go down to South Africa. Stay here, and I will bless you, and I will bless the work of your hands. You know what? Those thoughts saved us from making decisions that could have been devastating for my family. We've continued to live in Zimbabwe for another 11 years that were the most prosperous, the most productive, and the most blessed. In that country, I grew spiritually, launched our ministry, and God blessed us financially and enabled us to lay a foundation, financial foundation beneath our feet that carried us even to this day. What would have happened if I did not seek God? 
What would have happened if I allowed the fears and the thoughts of men dictate my action and my decision, not just for me, but for my family? Are you listening to me? How precious are your thoughts toward me, O oh God? They prevented me from making such a huge mistake. And the reason today believers are in turmoil, they're struggling financially, spiritually, mentally, is because of the unwise decisions they made without seeking God and seeking to find out what God thinks about those things that they made decisions. Can you shout amen? amen. I'm preaching real good this morning. And I trust you're listening real good. Amen. Time and time again, his thoughts would bring refreshing, would bring redirection, would bring faith and hope in hopeless situations. I would become strong in weakness, encouraged in my discouragement, and bold in the face of giants that I had faced through the years. All through this precious book. A number of years ago in prayer and fellowship with God and His Word again, the thoughts of God concerning my relationship with my dad and my brother were made known to me. And God spoke and shared His thoughts with me and He said, I want you to go to Cyprus, the country of your birth, and I want you to straighten out your relationship with your dad and with your brother. And then he said, do all that it takes. Whatever it takes, take all the blame for the condition of the relationship, though you are not to blame. I want you to take the blame, and I want you to make sure you straighten the relationship between your dad and your brother before you come back. It was a direct commission from God that was revealed to me through the thoughts of God as I fellowshiped, as I prayed, and as I read His Word. I did go, and I did humble myself before them, and I did take the blame for the condition of the relationship. And it did cost me a great deal as well. I'm not going to go into that. But you know what I didn't realize? That in a few years I would lose both of them through death. I lost both of them. What would have happened if I didn't straighten out my relationship? You're sitting here today. You may have broken relationships in your life. Are you allowing God to share those thoughts with you? The Word of God says if you come to the altar to offer your gift and there you remember that your brother has ought against you. Never mind you having ought against someone. That your brother have ought against you, then leave there your gift, go to your brother, be reconciled, and then come and offer your gift, and it will be accepted. Amen? Amen. Do you really want to know what God thinks? This is where you're going to find it. Stop running to men. Stop placing your faith and your confidence in the flesh. Once you heard from God, you know what you should do? You should come to your spiritual oversight, to your pastor, and say, Pastor, I was in prayer. You know, often I ask people, they ask me all sorts of questions, and I say to them, the first thing, have you talked to God about it? Uh, yes. Well, what did he say? They stand and they stare at me. Well, what did he say? Well, I don't know, Pastor. Well, that's not good enough. You know, he's not dead. He's alive. And he speaks. You know that. Most of us, I think, sometimes, even in our churches, have religion rather than relationship. We don't talk to God. And if we do talk to him, we don't shut up for a moment to listen to what he says. What did he say about that situation? I don't know. Well, go, go back and pray. How long? Until you hear. 
If you have to fast for a few days, do so. But come back with an answer. What did God say? And when you have the word of the Lord, you have a sure foundation to stand upon. And no matter what the circumstances tell you, no matter what the physical situation looks like, you have the living word of God on which you're standing. And you will never go down once you have that secure foundation. Amen. And when you have that word, you go to your and say, Pastor, I've been seeking the Lord about this, and this is the word the Lord spoke to me. You need confirmation. Sometimes your own soul will speak to you. Your own desires will speak to you. Your own idols that you've hidden within your heart will speak to you. So you need to confirm it with your spiritual oversight. And this is very important. Some people say, well, the, the Lord told me, and off they went. Or the Lord told me to leave this church. Off they went. The leadership knows nothing about it. Listen, God is not stupid. If he has ordained a shepherd to look after your welfare and your spiritual condition, he's going to let him know things about you that you may not even know. And if your shepherd and your spiritual oversight confirms and has peace, wonderful, go ahead. You're walking in a sure path, in a clear path that God has prescribed for you. There are many people that have left this fellowship on their own, but there are others who have left with the blessing of the leadership and that being confirmed that this is the word of the Lord. And you know what? They are such a blessing today. They are prosperous. God has blessed them, and they have become a great blessing to this fellowship. Hello? Fifteen years ago, the Lord redirected my ministry as He imparted His thoughts concerning a powerful principle in the Bible, the generational, generational blessing concerning raising spiritual sons and daughters in every sphere of life. There was a major shift. How did that shift come? By the revelation of God's thoughts. This was one of the most profound shifts. And those who know me well, they have witnessed that shift. One of the most profound shifts and redirections of my ministry, which brought about so much fruit in the kingdom. Through God's thoughts, I saw the value of investing my life and ministry into young men and women and personally mentoring and discipling them in the ways of the Lord. Let me ask you a question now. What price? What value can we place upon God's thoughts? They are priceless, invaluable. Blessed is the man or the woman who finds them. And you know, I shared all that concerning my own experiences with the Bible, hoping and believing to stir up something within you. Not only to stir up, but to inspire you and to cause you to really dive into the Word and stay there until God speaks to you and reveals His thoughts through His words towards you, and you will never be the same again. This congregation will be revolutionized. I'm telling you, you will become alive in God. Not just a churchgoer, but you will make a difference in your sphere of influence. You will make a difference in other people's lives. You will make a difference in your family. 
you will make a difference in your relationships and you will make a difference in the society and you will be known as a man or a woman of God who is a lover of the Word of God who knows the Word I am amazed and shocked at times how little word believers know they just know a couple of scripture here and there and the reason being is because they have not spent time studying the Word, meditating in the Word. There are four principles that we must maintain if we want to grow and develop in our Christian walk. Number one, read the Word every day. It's not the much that you read, but read the Word every day. Number two, consume the Word until it consumes you through meditation. Number three, believe the Word. And number four, practice the Word. That's it. Simple as that. The life and the nature of God must be fed, must be nurtured, must be developed through the written Word of God. And it is the Holy Spirit that takes this Word and makes it life and light to you and ministers it to your heart and feeds your, your, your life, the life of Christ within you so that you can walk in the ways of God. Without the Word, there is no life. That's why the Word says God sent what? He didn't send an angel. He sent His Word. He didn't send an army. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. You want healing? You find it in the Word. You want deliverance? You find it in the Word. You want guidance? You'll find it in the Word. Lord, forgive us, for we have underestimated. Lives have been martyred. Men have been killed to be able to preserve this Bible that you hold in your hands today. How much do we value it? How much time we spend meditating in it? No wonder that God said to Joshua, if you want to be successful, then he said, this is what you need to do. This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth, but meditate in it night and day that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God has given us the tools. What are we doing with them? Amen? Let's stand and pray. I want to read one more scripture to you before we close. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. That tells me that God has prepared already wonderful things for you and I. Do you want to know what's written in them? Do you want to know what they are? Only one way, folks. That's why I say often to my spiritual offspring that they should go so much further than I did. Why? Because they have much more than what I had when I began this journey. Amen? Pray out loud with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for revealing to us your thoughts. Thank you for revealing to us your ways through your word. Thank you for giving us the word of God. Written on the pages of the Bible. So that we can read it. Study it. Meditate in it. And above all, practice it. Teach us to value and treasure what you have given us so that we might be men and women who not only read the Bible, but most of all believe it and practice it.
Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.